Gibbons Leeds kicked off the new year by interviewing Kevin Ferguson, the director of fine arts at Cardinal Gibbons High School. Kevin has been part of the Gibbons community for 14 years and has played a tremendous role in growing the arts program through his work in the drama department. During his time at Gibbons, the facilities for fine arts have doubled in size, and so have the number of students who participate. Kevin's vision for the fine arts experience, his expertise as an actor and director, and his passion for teaching and growing student leaders has helped create a fine arts experience that is quite frankly uncommon in many high schools. In this conversation, Kevin draws the parallels between leadership and production in the fine arts, proving that it is an intrinsic part of the development of a successful artist. We're grateful for the work Kevin has done to not only grow our fine arts program, but for his contributions in growing empathetic servant leaders inside of the classroom and on stage. All right, everybody, welcome back to Gibbons Leads. Today, our guest is our director of our fine arts department, Mr. Kevin Ferguson. Um, wears many hats, and we've got a chance to get to know him through our Gibbons Leadership Conference, through a number of things uh, that we get to, to collaborate on. But we're going to sit down, we're going to talk to him a little bit about how he got here, what he does, and, and kind of some of his philosophies on leadership. So kind of throwing it at you, Kevin, um, <laughs> how do you develop leaders through arts? Okay, so what are, when, we look at, when we talk about something like one of the tenets of leadership, things like um, humility, you know, the ability to get people to compromise, to get people to buy into a shared vision. I mean, the arts, especially theater, I can say, I'll say theater, I can start with theater, though any sort of performing art probably has aspects of this. I mean, there's, it's just inherent in the process. And then you, when you add in this other layer of like, if you're always striving for excellence and um, perfection, it's unachievable. So there's always this tension, right? So in order to develop leadership through the arts, that it's not in like, I'm sending kids in the military or, you know, or a Jason Bourne project. You sort of have to like, when they come in the door, especially at the high school level, you have to sort of break them of all of their old um, habits or not even their habits, their sort of understanding of what arts are. There's this common perception in the community that I've certainly been reinforced, I would say, by social media and, you know, our celebrity culture that it's, it's, it's about me. Like, I'm doing this for the applause. I'm doing this because I like attention. Anybody who knows anybody who's really good at art will know that that stuff becomes cancerous once you have achieved a level of success and then you build these insular bubbles around yourself. But at the beginning, you're not in it for any of that. You're in it because it's a vocation, because it's a calling, because something in you, the mat, like music is magic, man. You know what I mean? But so is being in a play. Um, you get thrown into this room full of people. Nobody knows what is going on. Um, and the same thing for a, put a, a concert together. You know, the process of creating art with other people builds trust. Even with people you don't like, it, it builds understanding. It builds patience. It's tolerance. It's you know, uh, it builds all the civic qualities that are so sorely lacking anymore, I feel like, in our in society in general. But it takes a semester or two of teaching them. It's not really about you. It's about everybody and everything that's trying to put this thing together. And the sooner you get hip to that, the sooner you're going to be successful within this art form. Also, they realize once they get on a show or one of our shows, it's you quickly realize the applause is the least satisfying thing. It's the being in the dressing room with my with my friends before and talking about all of the things, and then going on stage and engaging in this risky act of, you know, I mean, 
creating art and sharing with people is to do it well, it's about vulnerability. So to be vulnerable, you gotta be not afraid to show the world your butt. You know, uh, you can edit that out. Uh, <laughs> but there's another way of people saying it. But I mean, like I heard, like I, I've heard so many people say that, like if if you can accept that, that's the point in your artistic life where you go, oh darn, oh this is what it's about. You know, and anybody who sticks with it long enough, or even people who just get a good experience with it, have to be vulnerable. If you can't express and share vulnerability with people, I mean. You know, you're not going anywhere. But here's the other thing about vulnerability. There are people who figure that piece out, and they get pretty good at manipulating it for a while. Um, Authenticity is the coin of the realm, right? So you can be vulnerable, but you have to be authentically vulnerable. So we're blessed at Gibbons. We do, most high schools do three performances of any show they're doing. We do usually about nine. The musical week, because it's so massive and it's in the big room, we do six. We get to do it enough to realize, they, they start to realize, oh, if I'm doing this for a long time, I've got to be authentically vulnerable on stage a lot, over and over again. And there is no magic formula. The magic formula is me. The magic formula is me trusting myself and the 90 other people around me to not make me look bad or that are working really hard to not make me look bad. I need to value all of that. And, I, and then it also builds gratitude. So all of these qualities that we see in authentic leaders, the theater just sort of beats into you provided there is you know there are the culture is such that it celebrates all of those things and doesn't tear them down but to celebrate those things you like you have to like i said start going back again you gotta break like you gotta break people disabuse people of that notion it's like you know that the student that walks through the door is thinking i'm gonna get a lead every four years or it's all about getting like no 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 that goes away pretty quickly but you want to be a part of it um and i didn't figure that out until i was well into my college experience and someone asked me like what was the thing I like most about acting in theater and I said I just miss being in a theater with a when I, when I was not working I wasn't so much yeah I wanted money I, I wanted a job but I had jobs I was paying my bills I was waiting tables and wanted to be the people on the street oh I miss doing the thing with people and that thing that it just forced me to put all of my baloney over here and engage with the moment. And you don't realize, you're, it takes a long time to realize that. Gibbons has kind of a culture that allows me to get there pretty quickly. So that's when I say, like, I can't teach at Gibbons. That's what I mean. Like, I couldn't really teach drama anywhere else because our culture sort of reinforces being vulnerable. I know sometimes it feels like it doesn't. It can feel on hard days. It can feel like it doesn't. But it, it, I don't know. I think vulnerability is, a, is sort of one of the streams of this place that's pretty easy to, like, sort of lazy river yourself into. Yeah. Boy, that was a lot of... Oh, that was good. It was a lot <laughs> of good stuff. Well, you know, it's interesting because learning a lot about this kind of idea of like a vulnerable, empathetic leader, you know, that's a, a big topic in leadership right now. You've got a lot of great writers and leadership thought leaders talking about that. Brene Brown is one of them. She talks a lot about vulnerability, but also that idea of building empathy. And when I think about empathy, I really think about the arts putting yourselves in, in the position of a character, dealing with things that maybe you would have never thought before and having to then exude those feelings to the audience. Um, same with reading and literature and, and putting yourselves and immersing yourselves in a story um, of a life of somebody else that maybe you would have never thought, like this is kind of what a person goes through. So there's that empathy piece that is such an important part of leadership that our students that are in the arts, they get to experience some of that right. through putting themselves in the positions of, of people and, and, I think that you in the past have been really strategic about even some of the shows that you've chosen to create that space for kids to put themselves in kind of these 
roles that are challenging and different and very yeah. much outside of probably what their day-to-day experience is like. So yeah. talk to me a little bit about your show choice. Sure. Where does that come from and what drives you to pick certain shows and the variety that you've you know picked in the past sure. from what I've got to experience is, you know, I think really diverse for our student actors. So how do, what's your process there? Well, sometimes, you know, the, the, the sort of baseline answer is so much of theater and so much of life Theater is one art form that's like the most reflective of what day-to-day humanity, right? So you just sort of look at what you have as far as the students that are available to you, and you say, okay, what can I, what can I cast? What can, what, who are the, who are the who's that are going to make this story tell the truth that I wanted to tell? Um, we're kind of at the point where, um, and I think arts in general at this point where, when we pick a season, we don't pick something because it's what our audience wants to see. We pick. We, our audience does not dictate what we choose to do down there. We pick shows now because we decide what our audience needs to see. Um, and sometimes that can be subversive. Sometimes that could be sly. Sometimes it can be pretty blatant. Deciding what I think our audiences could really use right now um, or, or, or would really get a lot out of. Or maybe if there's just some big energy of the school year, I have picked shows that have to do with that. But also, sometimes I'll pick a show that I hope, will hope like at the beginning of the year, I'll pick a show that I hope maybe sets the tone for the rest of the year. We as artists should be deciding what we think our audiences need to see, and we right. own the process more. Right. And when we own the process more, there's a lot more buy-in. Right. You know, you can tell the story that you want to tell, and you're going to communicate the truth that you want to tell through the art. You know, because again, one of the nice things about working here is we're not doing it any different than the other high schoolers. You know, there's a lot of people wearing a lot of different hats down there just to get a play done. But this school allows us, this environment, not the school, this environment that we work in as artists, it really sort of allows us to like not sacrifice the artistic side of things. Mm-hmm. There's not just the thing, let's just get it open. Or, and you know, don't, don't come talk to me during production week. I'm like, let's just get Because you're exhausted. But the nourishment that you get out of it is the, um, is one, at that when, they, when everyone starts to buy into it, and it starts to, you know, you start moving this thing toward, you start realizing, and then it gets in front of an audience, and you can just see the kids come alive. They've tapped into that, that like, thing where you and the audience and everybody, it's, it's the missing ingredients, and our kids really thrive when they get in front of an audience, because our audiences, one, now walk in the door expecting a level of achievement and excellence from our kids, um, and also, and so there's a legacy there, um, and legacy and leadership, we could talk for hours about that. Um, our audiences are so ready for what we're offering up to them, um, and we won't. And part of it, I think, that is, is because we are not. A, we don't sacrifice anything in the name of artistry. We're pretty stubborn down there about getting what we want out of a theatrical experience. For people. Yeah. Well, I love Did that. that yeah, no, totally. I love. I love that angle. Like the the choice of the show is not about the actors. It's about what does the audience really need. What does our community need to hear and feel and see? And you know, having gone here and seeing how arts has evolved so much since I was a student here. I feel like because of the risks that you've t- guys have taken and being really vulnerable and, and having some shows that are are different and, and push the boundaries, it's allowed our community to be more open to those kinds of yeah. shows and those experiences. In fact, becoming even more empathetic as an audience because right. of the vulnerability and empathy that you guys have kind of put out on the stage. And just having gone to some of these different shows, um, I look forward to that, that connection yeah. with the students with the vision of the show, with the message. But hearing you say that it's not about the actors, I feel like a lot of people think like, oh, oh well, I love this show. I can't wait to act in this show, so let's put on this production this year. Um, 
it's really the opposite. And I've seen how that has had a very positive impact from a vulnerability and empathy standpoint right. with our community um, and why so many people like to go because it triggers something. Right. Uh, it feeds the heart and it feeds the soul. Um, yeah, and if I, you lead with artistry, you win. Right. Like if you, I mean, artist, leadership through artistry always wins because audiences like to be transformed. They're there to be told a story, but they also, they want to forget their stuff too. Like mm-hmm. you know, people think actors, like it, one of the best things about acting is is to do it right, to do well, or to just engage in the act of theater. You, I mean, I would even say people working on a light board, the kids are working backstage or the VR technicians, you have to focus so much on the task at hand that it just takes you out of yourself and yes. you join that community. And like you could be the most resistant, stubborn, Ferguson type human being in the world, but when that when that train leaves the station, you are on it. Yep. Um, and at some point or another, you just have to give into the energy of that. Um, and you know, um, I think that's and I again, I think that's because of the artistry of it. Yes. You know, um, artistry delights people. Um, it sort of a, it, it engages people with a sort of a collective imagining, mm-hmm. um, which is the job of any artistic leader is to uh, sort of stimulate collective imagining. Um, and when that's happening down in that room with our audiences and our kids and our faculty, everybody who's just sort of involved with it, it's a pretty magical room. To be in. It feels really good. It does. <laughs> it does. I've missed that this year, I have to say. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, we just picked our basketball team this weekend. I've got 16 guys that all want to be the star of the show. Right. Right. How do you uh, create buy-in for people's roles? Sometimes when it's not the role they wanted. I'll tell you what, probably the hardest part of the job is managing those expectations, especially once you become successful. People want to be a part of it, and then they always want to be the key part of it. We try to create an environment, and we're not always successful of understanding that, okay, the show is only as good as the weakest part of the show. That's all, I mean, like, you've got 16 guys, if you don't have five guys that can come off the vent, the bench and continue to play up to the expectations when your first five guys are gassed, then you're not going to win the game. Um, certainly, or, or you might win the game, but it's, it's going to be a, it's not going to, if you have empathy for the people in the room, if you care about other people on any level, it's not going to, it just, it's not going to be that fulfilling. It's not just not going to be that fulfilling. You know, I used to say, oh, the super, winning the Super Bowl solves everybody's problems for 24 hours, yeah. you know? Um, and then you're right back where you start, yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, we have struggled with that over the years, and you know, a lot of that is just trying to, like I said, when you bring them in, you try to start building that early. It's hard because when you look at like the gender gap in theater, for every guy that auditions for a play, there's 75 young women who are incredibly talented who you're not able to use. You know, so the idea of gratitude is something that, you know, I have to remind myself all the time that is super important. Like, we, I mean, we start every rehearsal with this big check-in, Shea Shea Kool-Aid thing. It's a whole mess, but it's great. Um, and I have to, I mean, I've only have left two or three years. I can tell you, I really just sort of constantly circle back to this concept of gratitude. Like, do you realize how lucky we are to do theater at a school that supports us? Um, do you know how many students come here from other schools and say, what are you guys doing? What's going on? There are a million different pieces. And the actors who get cast are one sliver of that. So I try not to just keep my head down and trudge through the thing. We try to constantly reinforce. And sometimes, you know, 
tough love plays a role, though I've moderated my approach in that over the years. I mean, but sometimes, you know, like if somebody, sometimes you just use all the lessons you've learned over the course of life of your own. Um, you don't get to be my age and still do theater and not have made a, you know what I mean, made a lot of mistakes. My also philosophy about life is I stumble through life and the, I mean, if there's one good thing I can say about the way I've managed to get where I'm at is, like, I do learn from my mistakes. Like, yeah. I do. And I've done it. I mean, if you can do it wrong, I've done it wrong. But I try not to then do it wrong again. And I may not even know I'm doing it wrong. I might have done it wrong 12 years ago, and then something triggers it. I'm like, oh, I'd like to have that one back. Uh, <laughs> I had one of those moments in the car this morning, you know? Um, but, again, humility and gratitude just starts. And the theater will continue to humiliate you. You'll go on that's a, one of the lovely things about theater is you'll go on stage one night and they'll, I mean, they'll, they'll be like, here's the keys to my car. Oh my God, you've changed my life. I, I've changed political parties because, you know what I mean? Like, no, I'm going to say that. But, <laughs> um, but, you know, and then the next night you'll go out there and they'll be like, it's it's an oil painting. Like, you know what I mean? And they, and they genuinely don't like it. You just can't predict it. It will punch you in the face. So you just have to be grateful that you are allowed to do it. People are giving up their time one, the kids are giving up their free time. Parents are giving up their free time to get their kids to and from rehearsal. If you, if you don't somehow layer gratitude into what you're doing, then something as time-consuming and as human resource landmine as putting a play together, if you aren't using gratitude sort of as your constant reset button, you are going to flame out. You just aren't. You just aren't. You've got to come back to that like, okay. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Why are we here? Why are we, Why are we here? Like, what am I doing? Like, yep. like, like, okay. Well, it's cool. I've been, um, I've been giving tours to um, some prospective families, and, and one of my favorite stops, I always start in the arts wing, and we make our way backstage through the main stage, and I kind of show them the backstage and talk a lot about how, you know, a production isn't just the actors and the lead on stage. And I think that's what a lot of people think when they see a production and they don't realize, you know, how many different students and groups are involved when it comes to the lighting, the sound, the set. I mean, our tech theater classes doing all this work to create the set. Then you've got costumes, then you've got staging. and, And then all of that has, and music, and all of that has to come together simultaneously so not only are you working with these students and with your team, but then you've got all these other teams that are also working together. Correct. So I'm sure over the years you've practiced and made some mistakes and learned some lessons in that. What has oh, been good. like the either the greatest lesson you've learned from that or something like a, a technique or something that you always feel like is like, this is the best way to make this effective, either a lesson or a technique, whatever kind of first comes to mind about how do you make that happen with so many groups <laughs> and so much going into having it the system working flawlessly. So the first one is, the obvious one that comes to mind is over-communicate everything. On every show I've done, every single show I've done, I have neglected to communicate something in a moment. Panic or or like, let's just get it done. Or yeah, that'll solve that problem. Now let's go put out these 75 other. Remembering that as the leader Every choice I make, every decision I make impacts multiple people. And the sooner, even if it's something I make a decision in the moment, go sit down at my computer, take five minutes at the end of rehearsal, 15 minutes. Don't check my email and answer the seven emails from, you know, parents, whoever. Um, and look at my phone and be like, all right, I, have, I did this, this, and this. 
who do I need to tell this to? I need, do I need the cast know this? Do I need to let the band know this? Do I need to let Kariston know this? A number of times <laughs> I have made decisions and forgot to tell Kariston or Emily because I was just like, you know, can we cut those pants because you're tripping all over them. I hate to cut them. And then the kid's not wearing it the next rehearsal. And the costume, uh, Emily's our wardrobe person. She was does wardrobe for most of our shows. And she's brilliant. She's like, why is she not wearing his costume? And she's ready to kill the kid. Or she'll go in the room and rip the kid a new one. Or just lay down the wall. Um, <laughs> Depending how close the show that is. <laughs> Depending <laughs> how close the show yeah, is. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then it's my fault. Because I, in a moment of like, all right, boom, let's go. Next, check, check. Because I'm a checklist guy, you know? Um, same thing with Kariston. The number of times I've just made a choice about a bit of staging. And it's like, oh, wait. That's going to impact that. It's going to impact that. It's going to impact that. And she was probably the first person. Now, with her, I've done it enough times that I now know, like, the first person. I'm, like, in the in rehearsal, I'm, like, I'll point at my stage manager and be, like, write this down. <laughs> <laughs> and get it to cage before the end of rehearsals. Because, you know, this is going to mess her day up tomorrow. And I'm so, something as simple as, like, can that be red instead of green? Um, but she's got to paint that. She's got to get kids to paint, right? Or, you know. So I have learned that. Communication, communication. If you're going to be the guy in charge, you, you know, or have an assistant, but I have a communication structure, mm-hmm. take advantage of it. Yes. Take 30 seconds to just reflect on that. The other part of it is you don't have to know the answers to everything. Being mm-hmm. able to say, mm-hmm. I was wrong, mm-hmm. I, handled it, I handled that poorly, uh, or like with the communication, I am so sorry, I just made the decision, I, and then it's just, I messed up. Um, mm-hmm. It's not yeah. falling on your sword. It's saying, I'm a human being. You have to show your students and your coworkers and your colleagues and all of these things. Y'all, that's completely on me. If you're going to be mad at anybody, I am the person to be mad at. And you see, I mean, you apologize. You sincerely apologize. And you own it. Because you're going to, you can't do something that big without making, you know, like you're going to, you're going to snap at a kid. You're going to say, do in a moment of emotion. And, you know, you're trying to get the thing up and you take pride in your work. You just, you lose control sometimes. You, you bark, you yell, do whatever, or just, you know, whatever. You just make a decision and, you know, communicate. You just have the ability to just say the amount of things that can go away, like poof. I know it sounds basic, but like, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people confuse leadership with always knowing the answer or giving people an answer so you don't look weak. And, you know, as as a middle-aged Irishman, it took me a long time to sort of really, just as, you know, a guy, Mm -hmm. it took me a long time to sort of just be like, Especially with kids, for some reason, you know, they're all looking at you. You're like, I can't look weak. It'll fall apart if I look weak. Like, here's a life lesson right out the window. Just because you want to, don't you don't want to look like a schmuck, right? right. Well, if that's good, that's good. That's good. I can't appropriately articulate where the fine arts department was when I graduated in 2005 and where it is now. Um, like you could, and if I asked you, I know you wouldn't, so I won't. Um, <laughs> But I can say that I know that the participation level is significantly higher and the involvement in the school is is pretty spectacular. But could you maybe share with us where things are going and what you're doing and going to have to do and what challenges you're facing to get there? Sure, sure. So one of the things I've learned working with young people and watching things shift over the 15 years that I've been here is that what really matters to people now is our experiences more about engaging with something authentic and genuine and real and moving. So um, that's been something that the arts department, I think if you want to talk about why the arts department has sort of been on a trajectory that you've talked about, 
that's a big part of it is that we've really like upped the experience part of it in every aspect, the social, the emotional, all, every aspect of that, that experience. Um, and I, I'm not going to lie. I saw a lot of that happening in our excellent athletics program. So I was like, oh, okay. Okay. And I learned a lot from just watching and talking to kids on teams about what was working so well for them. Where we're going? Well, the next level is right up till this point, And we've gotten better the last two or three years. There's been a lot more of this going on. But when you're building all of these excellent arts programs, it's very easy to get into a silo. And we have been quite siloed down there. And anybody who will talk to you down there will admit that. nobodys It's not anybody's fault. It's just when you're building something, you got to get the thing done first. And then you start, the circle expands. And that, that's a lot slower. So what you're seeing now is, comparatively speaking, within the last two to three years, you're seeing a lot more active collaboration amongst, pro, uh, amongst disciplines. Um, there, uh, Erica Sininski has really just blown the roof off, like getting dance involved in so many mm-hmm. different Absolutely. components of things Absolutely. down there. You know, Martha was doing when she was here, choir was doing a lot of interesting things with other areas of the school outside the arts department, mm-hmm. as has Mark Cashin. You know, while they've all been trying to build excellence within their programs, uh, Andy, Andy, you know, Andy, I mean, you know, and then there's guys like Stewart, and they're just, you, know, you have those people behind the scenes who are just like, oh, yeah. Well, if you guys are trying to do it, that's extra work. But he's not. You gotta have those people that aren't afraid to do the extra work. We would not be there without these people. Um, so where we're headed now is active collaboration. As the fine arts department, it's not only the Gibbons drama is awesome, Gibbons band is awesome, the dance program is great. There's five thousand girls dancing, and you know? now it's okay. All of those things are great, but they also are will be better when they're working together and we are creating things. One of the things I've seen. And interviewing a lot of the new dance teachers, both of our new dance teachers, who are both wonderful as well, um, Kathy and Nikki, thank you for joining us. Um, both yours. Um, I mean, we a lot of Catholic schools do something. They have like this big thing that they do, like their arts programs do a big community thing, and involves like three fourths of the school. And it's some schools it's the musical, other things they do like it's a special event. Some schools do the Nutcracker, and they get all like, the choir sings and the bands playing and actors. Are, there's it integrates all the different things. I'm in. I'm on the lookout for what's our big. We need to mm-hmm. do a big thing, and that's what I feel like. Maybe pep rallies might be the way mm-hmm. that we're doing it. But we were moving. Like, you know, we were steaming along, and we were ready to like, pull the trigger on a bunch of things. And then, you know, you know, now three of us are in a room with masks on, so that's that. Um, but it doesn't mean we can't pick up where we left off. Uh, and it's not even going to be that hard to get the ball rolling because we have been collaborating, but it's mostly been during class time, class projects, sharing our expertise mm-hmm. with students, um, with different teachers. Uh, and so the next step is now like, what can we do as a fun? It's, not, it's going to go away from being Gibbons drama, Gibbons music, Gibbons dance. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the fine arts program is a juggernaut. Um, and we're working in sync um, to do whatever I don't know, you know what I mean. There's, yeah. the, there, there. I could give you 17 different options right now, which, if we put our minds to it, could, we could probably pull off in a month. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to think bigger than that because we've we've all reached our limits internally as far as excellence internally within our art forms, but we have not we have not gone to like what I think you know God level stuff with multiple kids. You know, I, I, I you know, a musical that has half the dance department in it and so we're you know i could go down i could go down a rabbit hole with this and i won't bore you with it because we are oh that's no, great. that sounds exciting if we don't yeah well if we don't if we as adults don't start collaborating and showing showing our students well this is why the dance concert i mean you know like 
if we don't start showing our students how adults work together mm-hmm. to effectively and magically, then they are not going to want to go out into the world and want to, one, want to do that themselves. Two, they're going to think small. The arts give you a chance to think big, mm-hmm. but you can't do it alone. Yes. So, yes. you know, that's where that's, that's where that's headed. It's going to require the leadership of all of our kick butt arts teachers to get together and do it, you know? And we have a pretty, I mean, right now the team we have is a pretty frictionless group as far as, you know, we've, we spent the time in COVID to sort of, or at least I have tried to like, take this time to build relationships within the program try to strengthen friendships and communication so that when we do get on these things we can be like yeah let's do it awesome well to wrap up my my last question for you is is this if you could pick maybe one to three words that you want <laughs> oh, no. any person to go to a gibbons fine arts sure. performance whether sure. it be drama or music or chorus what do you want them to feel when they're part of those experiences? If you could kind of put it in one or three words or two. No, no, that's great. Um, I don't have them, but that's a great question. Um, <laughs> one of the things I would consist, I, I, I'm always going for, and I would like people to continue to feel, I would like um, their expectations, to flip that expectation. Mm-hmm. Too all too often when people walk into the door of a high school performing arts, anything, the bar is set. There is no one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're doing it out of a sense of obligation. So I would love, I, I always want our audiences to go, that, I did not see that coming. Yep. Um, that's the artist to me talking. I always want people right. to do that. Um, like, so that's what I want out of the artistic experience for my audiences. Is I, w- I, don't want, I don't want them to see it coming. Awesome. Um, and even with the level of achievement that we are at right now, we that never goes away. You can still... There's still, there's always room to make people go, what? Yep. What? Okay. Um, uh, and that's that's more, that's the one thing that I want people to, I want them to walk up going, that was time well spent. And I did not walk into that room thinking that it was necessarily going. I walked in with a supportive mindset. I walked out having been slightly altered a little. Yes. We always say that. We have this prayer that we say at the beginning of drama every performance where it's like we hope that everybody who walks into the theater including us walks out of the theater a renewed changed person in some way because of the experience that's always the goal that's the experience what we want and we need that well i would like that to be true for everyone that's awesome Um, whether we achieve it or not i can tell you for sure having brought my husband to a few performances reluctantly having brought him you know um drew's our target audience (laughs) but i will tell you that you guys have nailed it i mean he he has has really enjoyed those experiences they've triggered him emotionally in all the best ways and getting to see our students shine the way that you've allowed them to shine is is such a blessing um it's the best part of you know the year for me every year and i'm I'm look forward to many more productions and and bringing Drew and maybe some of my own kids someday to see that. But, you know, thanks for that service that you've provided for our community, for our kids. Um, I know that it's not something that everyone gets to experience in their high school years or even being part of a high school community, they get to witness something like that. So it has shown me a different side of the student experience and a different side of myself. Um, and I think it's given us a different side of our community as well. And so great. so thanks for all that you've done. And, and I know that this the future is going to be really bright for you guys. I'm really excited to see what the future of fine arts looks like. Yeah, I'm very lucky and grateful for the support that this community shares us with, with everything that we do. Amen. Thanks so much for uh, for chatting with us. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me.